I'm going to keep this short, okay? You passed your sevens over a month ago. Seth's the only one that's opened the necessary 40 accounts for his team leader. When I was a junior broker, I did it in 26 days, okay? You're not sending out press packets anymore. None of this Debbie the Time Life Operator bullshit. So get on the phones. It's time to get to work. Get off your ass. Move around. Motion creates emotion. You've just heard Ben Affleck in his role as Jim Young, yelling at a group of trainees who joined his firm JT Marlin in the movie Boiler Room. And like my guest, I too have lived through years of being terrorized by managers. That sort of learned behavior was the norm, as my guest Abdurrahman, founder of Arc Talent and Serial Entrepreneur, shares with us his own experience. I've been blessed with some of the best leaders in our industry globally. And I've worked under CEOs and group directors that have really taken a liking to me. They've taken me under their wing and they've shown me things that not many were privy to. And there was one in particular, this is like 10 years ago now, who taught me the art of steering the conversation. Prior to that, I was very used to just barking orders. And it was a very locker room management. And he worked for a lot of people, those athlete types of um, uh, consultants who would love a you know any given Sunday Al Pacino speech before you know we we have a, a sales sort of blitz or anything like that that would be fantastic it, it would just pump them up and then they jump on the phones and they just you know start doing their job and they'd hit their numbers and high fives and everyone starts celebrating but there would be 10 20 30 percent of the more introverted reserved type sort of uh, characters that would sit there and not only not respond to it, but they would hate it. And in my early days in the in management, I would say they're not good you know, because they're not buying into me. They're not buying into the message. 20 years ago, when Boiler Room was launched, increasing the heat, talking at teams, giving orders and compromising their well-being was accepted to be the way to drive sales. And I have learned that business growth is a lot less about cutthroat metrics focus and a lot more learning about what makes people tick and giving that to them. I'm your host, Tarek Azmi, ex-corporate grinder, now turned serial entrepreneur, founder of Here's Good News. And my mission is to transform individuals into extraordinary versions of themselves. Here's Good News company is dedicated to leadership development, coaching, personal training, and nutrition resources designed to guide you through your transformative journey. On this show, I speak to entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs alike. My guests and I share valuable lessons to motivate and drive you to take action, perhaps towards living your dream or building a strong team or solving for a problem to improve lives. Subscribe to always get Here's Good News first and benefit from a courtesy, no commitment discovery call. At the top of the show, the scene from Boiler Room is also familiar to many of us. We have either been at the receiving end of such a so-called motivation speech, or because of learned behavior, we were actually the ones giving that speech. And I have learned that business growth is a lot less about cutthroat metrics focus and a lot more learning about what makes people tick and giving that to them. I wanted to talk to my guest Abdurrahman Rezilia, founder and CEO of Arc Talent and Masnad, not only because of his success in building and co-founding businesses, but because he saw and understood how to get the best of people for the biggest benefit to the business. And as with many entrepreneurs, Abdurrahman's sense of leadership manifested early on. Born and raised in Australia to Albanian parents, who, when religion became the household focus over culture, things started to change for Abdurrahman. 
we were quite young. I think I was like 10 or 12 when this happened. So confusion is probably the wrong word, but we just went along with it and we realised that there were certain things that we were no longer doing or there were certain things that we started doing. Collectively, as a family, we started to pray together and so forth, right, which was, you know, drilled into us in a, in a very young age. I look back at that sort of discipline that we, that was instilled in us by my parents and I still have that sort of discipline now based on how I do my job and how I live my life. It is very structured. Now, my dad's father, my grandfather, was an army general in Albania. My dad grew up in a boarding school in Brazil. Like I say, him and his brother were the only two Muslims in a Catholic boarding school. Because my grandfather was obviously so regimented and so disciplined. My father is the same, borderline OCD, which has been almost like, you know, put onto me and I'm there. And my siblings as well. So we are very clean. We are very neat. We are very organised. Maybe my my brother's probably the the weaker one out of the four, but um, uh, collectively we are pretty much like this. It's always interesting for me to understand where one's principles originate. And it was Joko Willink who said, discipline is the root of all good qualities and that discipline equals freedom. And while like a military bugle call, get up early in the morning for cadence. Discipline leads to a set of habits which in turn dictate your character and Abdul Rahman translates that into work ethics. In business, having that sort of structure and that discipline in, in how you plan your day, it's helped tremendously for me to be able to actually do my job to the full capacity. And it's one of the things that you probably struggle to teach people. You know, you can teach them how to, how to sell, you can teach them how to sort of network, how to do certain things. But there are certain traits in a personality that are innate that are just so difficult to, to train, no matter how good you are as a trainer or no matter how many different sort of uh, methodologies you use to actually try and teach that. It's just very, very difficult unless it comes from within. It comes from how you grew up and, and, and how you were raised. So that's a real positive that I got from my childhood. Discipline is a positive characteristic that many people struggle to acquire. It's actions that lead to habits, and habits determine character, and it's that set of values system that becomes destiny. And with Abdurrahman being well set up with this prime characteristic, I for one would say that leadership was an innate trait within Abdurrahman that was constantly in the making, in parallel with that structure he was brought up in. And, from a young age, leadership qualities manifested on the football field. But there is one particular point that Abdurrahman brings up, which is worth noting. I always wanted to be a captain or a vice-captain. I always wanted to be the outspoken person. I, w- I was always very vocal on the football pitch. And it wasn't just because I, w- I was furthest from being the best player on the pitch. Just like I was the furthest being the best recruiter in the, in the office. But I was always the one who probably saw things more than others. Anyone who follows football or, or follows any, any team sport will agree that the captain isn't necessarily the best player in that team. It's the one who probably is the, the best leader or, or the one who actually sees things differently and more often than most people. There it is. And I'm 100% in agreement with Abdurrahman. The captain isn't necessarily the best player in the team nor the one that wants to be in the spotlight. It's a misconception that leaders must be charismatic and extroverted. Leadership is not about being the best at a particular skill set, but rather the ability to see the bigger picture, 
identify opportunities for change and growth, and then zooming in on what needs to be done and working teams according to their strengths and what makes them tick. Again, it was my probably teenage sort of captain leadership mentality of, I don't need to be the person doing this now. There are others that can do this. Why not get 10 people doing what I'm doing rather than me just doing these numbers? So that just, you know, started just forming in my body of work in, in, in how I operated. And it just led to that and then slowly, slowly got into bigger and bigger things. It takes a lot for someone to come to this realization and it requires putting aside one's ego. Being able to take a back seat to allow others to shine is the work of leadership. And although Abdurrahman was able to step up in this way, it wasn't without his fair share of challenges, when in one of his jobs he put himself forward to fill in for a new position that was made available. Um, it was three or four years into my recruitment career and I had a state manager back home in, in Melbourne. He was running the, uh, the office there and I was, I was his 2IC purely because I was the number one biller in the office. And he was terminated for gross misconduct. The, the two founders flew in from Sydney. They were all suited and booted. We didn't expect them. They normally announced their, their arrivals. They didn't. They walked in. Half an hour later, they took his pass. You're fired! They walked him out. They said, we need to now find like a new state manager. And me, very confident, I'm like, oh, I'll do it. Give me a shot. I'll fill in the shoes. Yeah, I'll do it. Like, I'm, I'm the two I see. They all know me. The team knows me anyway. I can step in. Three or four years into the job, you cannot take that state job. They gave me a shot to actually try and do this. The amount of mistakes that I made in this role, oh my. Like, I still cringe at thinking of some of the things. As a 25, 26-year-old state manager with a pay rise, company car, all of a sudden I'm running a branch and I'm trying to lead people who were my mates. Extremely difficult. And I know leaders today who are 35 years old, 40 years old, 10 years into their management career who still struggle to manage people who they know socially. But I've also made mistakes here. I've handled my communication with my team who were, who were my close friends very poorly. But I've learned from it. And if there's one thing throughout my entire life that I, that I really pride myself on is not being afraid to make mistakes, but I can definitely learn from almost everything that I've done. In a situation like the one Abdurrahman was put in, I often see two types of reactions from people. Those who shy away from stepping up and taking on a new role, and those who take the risk to fill in a leadership position. And in my coaching sessions with potential growth employees, I focus on building plans to allow for a less bumpy transition, because I believe in the words of Seneca, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And before we go on with the show, a word from Here's Good News sponsor, Matter Nutrition. I have taken a personal interest in Here's Good News sponsorship and make sure to choose partners that are aligned with my mission to transform individuals into the best versions of themselves. That's why I have chosen Matter Nutrition as my meal plan providers. Their meals are nutrient dense, which means even at a caloric deficit, you will feel satiated and won't suffer from hunger. They have a huge variety to choose from to set up weekly deliveries to your home. Choose a meal plan from two to five courses. You will enjoy every one. Find them at matternutrition.xyz on Instagram or via their website matternutrition.xyz. And tell them Tariq Azmi sent you to get a 15% off your 20-day meal plan membership. And now, back to the show.
Before the break, Abdurrahman took us through his trajectory, paving the way to how he was molded into embodying leadership traits. And it didn't come without hurdles or mistakes. And yes, although failure and mistakes have become a cliché, it is truly important not to shy away from taking risks, but understand that entrepreneurship is not a paved road to glamour and riches. It seems that there's this whole trend now about the grind. It's the daily grind. And, and it's funny because as entrepreneurs, and, and you're going to probably agree to this, we say that there's this element where there's people who work a nine-to-five job, more or less, and who get paid a salary and they slave basically for the salary, if I may say that. And a lot of people are, I'm one of those. I encourage people to become entrepreneurs or I did that until a certain point when I realized, no, okay, some people perhaps are made out to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being an employee as long as you know how to maneuver the world of uh, corporate. And what I'm trying to say is that you leave the corporate uh, world you build your own business thinking that you're going to have freedom. But you end up, instead of working the 9 to 5, you end up working 24-7. It just does not stop. I'm, I'm laughing because when I decided to start up Arctalent, I remember the conversation with my wife in our apartment in, in JVR, and I said to her, I think I should start my own agency now. Like It's beyond time, right? Like I've been doing this 18 years prior. And she was very, very supportive. And I, and I remember how I positioned it, which was, it's, a, it's my own business, so I can just get by with doing four or five hours a day. And I can make enough money for a lifestyle business. And that's all I need to do. I don't need to work long hours anymore because I'm quite sort of you know, embedded into the ecosystem here. And I'll just spin a few plates and whatever it may be. And then uh, we can have the, an almost similar life, if not better life, with more flexibility with me. We had a third child on the way and so forth. And I was, this, this is what I was actually first thinking about when I was embarking on that journey. And I have a couple of friends of mine who have been there and done that in our industry. And I was constantly talking to them, you know, weekly, fortnightly about my sort of a transition into a, a business owner. And um, after around three months, I, I turned to one of them and I said, I don't want a lifestyle business. I want to build a business. And he started laughing and he said to me, I expect you to come back to me in 12 months. It took you three months. So well done. He's like, I never believed that you wanted a lifestyle business, just knowing you personally. But I needed you to go through it. So then I just had to go back to my wife and said, listen, so now it's a, it's a real business. I'm going to scale this as much as I possibly can because I don't want to just sit down and, and just earn money. And look, I say this to almost everyone that I know, even clients that I talk to because there are different types of businesses in our industry. These lifestyle businesses, they're fantastic. The, the, the owners, the founders, they've got a great life. They own their villas. They've got nice cars. Some of them even got boats. They travel. It's an amazing life. That's great for them. That ticks off their box. And that is amazing. And their businesses are successful. They're turning over millions of dirhams, which is fantastic. It isn't enough for me. And it's not because it's the financial thing. It's just it's been ingrained in me from early career days that I want to do something really big. And then when I think back to early career days, why was it ingrained in me then? It's ingrained in me in early days in my life from my father. He just said, whatever you decide to do, do your absolute best in it. That's it. Do not go home thinking, I could have done better today. I'm not the best recruiter. I'm not the best communicator. I'm not the fastest runner. I'm not the strongest person or anything like that. But whatever I do, I just try and do everything that I can. And that has worked through my career as an individual. It's probably helped me a lot more as a manager, as a leader in business, because I'm able to see where their gaps are and I'm able to help them. It's always fascinating for me to talk with such great entrepreneurs. The insight is outstanding. And to me, it seems very simple. Leadership is about being human. 
and understanding how others operate. Just like sports fishing, luring in big fish is not about force and pull. It's a feeling combined with expertise and flair to when you need to pull, when to reel, hold, and when to let go. A basic principle of people leadership. Abdurrahman knows this. And it's this basic understanding that the most skilled person isn't always the best leader that makes him able to read into what makes people tick. This ability is a determining factor of arc talent's success and growth. So how does Abdurrahman manage candidates that come in thinking that they are ready for their next big career move? It's tough for people who don't really understand the questions to ask. For me, it's all about the why. You need to understand each individual's motivation. And you can see through a lot of BS when you're talking to people, asking the right questions. When you're asking the right questions, there needs to be follow-up questions. Anyone can give you a good first answer. But the follow-up question and then the second follow-up question will determine whether or not this person is actually legitimate or not. That's an amazing strategy. One that I often use in coaching sessions too. Starting with why, but not in the motivational Tony Robbins or Simon Sinek context but rather to dig to the root cause. Ask why, get that first good answer, then ask why again and again, and each time will unearth new findings. I speak to a, uh, to a candidate, he's a, he's, he's a product manager. He wants to become a head of product. That's the natural progression for that individual. But that person needs to lead a team of three product managers. And this person is an arrogant personality. And he will display no leadership qualities whatsoever in how in how he betrays himself. And so why does he want to get promoted? Because he wants the job title. He wants the pay rise. He doesn't really care about the responsibility. He doesn't really care about his accountabilities. But that's his or her natural progression. And this is where businesses go wrong. Businesses tell you that you take your steps forward and then you put on a management hat. And that is what should happen. And that is the general consensus that that's what people expect. And the good businesses create different pathways. You don't have to be a leader or a, or a, or a manager per se. And, and I'll use the terms differently here because leaders and managers are completely different. Yes, managers and leaders are completely different. If you're a follower of the show and my blog, then you know very well where I stand on this topic. And Abdurrahman has a very interesting view on how to determine and weed out managers from leaders. So we ran an exercise. We ran a... 360 teams and we started running um, a sort of exercise about giving honest feedback to one another and what we expect from one another as a leadership team and what we did in this business was so amazing and I take this with me almost everywhere now we came up with a, a little bit of a mandate in the business which was company first department second individual third who thinks company first because typically and you mentioned them the high performance salespeople they only care about themselves it's, it's their numbers so why are we thinking of them to become managers to become leaders in a business. They only care about their numbers. And even if you broaden that scope, they'll only care about their team's numbers. But if you have multiple divisions in your team, especially in recruitment, if I think about recruitment, everyone's doing the same jobs in different verticals. You have your banking recruiters, you have your finance recruiters, you have your marketing recruiters, your sales, your operations, and so forth. We're all doing the same job. We're all got the same tasks day to day, just in different verticals. So why should the high performer in banking, who's the number one biller in the company, become a manager if he or she has no passion at all to lead and he or she only thinks about themselves and their numbers first and second is themselves and their numbers and third is themselves and their numbers so where does the company come in their list of priorities 
and leaders are thinking always bigger picture. We need to pivot as a business because it's going to help the, um, the wider business longer term. We need to stop doing this or we need to start thinking about how we can bring in other departments into our, um, uh, from our business into that client to be able to generate more revenue and even if that stops us from making as much as what we thought for our own bottom line in our own P&L, it doesn't matter because it's company first, it's then my team and it's then me as an individual. And when you really dug deep into those sort of conversations with the so-called leadership team that we had, we ended up eliminating probably 65% of them and bringing in three others. And that leadership team transformed that entire business. Business transformation coming through identifying managers from leaders, individual contributors to big picture seekers. The moral here is that overall company growth comes through a high performance culture with an emphasis on culture. High performance doesn't mean cutthroat, do your numbers or die, but rather work for the benefit of the company, not just yourself. The distinction is so fine that many get it wrong. I think back to Gary V. He said, if you're a founder of a business and you expect your staff to work as hard and love your company the way that you do, then you are sadly mistaken. And I have worked for founders and I have worked for CEOs and MDs that want the, the junior resource to work as hard as him. And they don't want to leave until the boss leaves. It's so archaic. It's so wrong. I can't leave. I'm going to sit here on, online shopping or doing anything else on my social media, just looking in the corner to see once my boss leaves, then I'll leave. And I did my job today because that's the, that's the culture that he or she has instilled in that business. How wrong is that? Those cultures still exist today in every vertical. Performance culture doesn't mean overworking your teams and most definitely not emailing or WhatsApping them at odd hours of the day before and past official working hours. If you create a, a high performance culture in any industry, no matter what it is, you don't need to bother your staff after hours because you have instilled a level of responsibility and accountability in them that they know what they're doing in a digital connected world where we can pretty much work quite beach to the buy mall to anywhere else that we want to be you want me to come into an office every day within a certain time frame every single day even if i have things that i can do outside of work you want me to be in that office physically in this world it just doesn't make any sense not at all but for me and i have this conversation quite often with a lot of my clients is that this comes from poor leadership and this comes from a sense of insecurity your staff will, will always take a little bit more than what you give them. That's just human nature. We'll always try and see, well, you know what, my, my manager's a little bit more flexible, so I'm going to now probably try and stretch this lunch for an hour and a half because, you know, I can, because he or she is not really going to bust them. You know that. But as long as you have strong leadership in that business and as long as you have set clear expectations, and I learned this years ago, KPIs or expectations should, should not be set by the company. It should be set by the individual who, who's going to hit them. Can we get away from having that blanket sort of um, uh, KPI rule in all sales roles? Can we get away from that blanket sort of management style where everyone is communicated in the same way? Everyone is sort of, you know, um, uh, spoken to in the exact same communication style, no matter who they are, male, female, sensitive, strong, charismatic, entertaining personality, whatever it may be. Why are you talking to everyone in the same way? Everyone needs a different approach, a different approach of communication, a different approach of management, a different approach of support, a different approach of guidance. Some people are extremely naturally motivated. 
Others work because they just feel like they have to work. And they have no ambition. Are you trying to now instill ambition in the, into this individual as a leader? Or you just accept them for what they are and then make a business decision on whether or not you want to keep them in your business because they do enough. But trying to make people what they're not. It is clear that Abdurrahman and I see eye to eye on this topic. Full circle back to performance is not about the numbers, but rather about the way you lead your team and how adaptable your communication is to suit each individual. It's the leader's role to take on different communication styles, adapting to the teams as opposed to what most managers think. The boiler room, I'm the manager, I talk at people, and it's up to them to adapt is long gone. And it's such pride to have people like Abdurrahman at the head of businesses today, leading and scaling. We are a number of people here in Dubai. We opened up our Saudi practice in June this year as well. We have a handful of people there um, through a partnership, uh, through a close friend of mine that I've known for a few years who's been on the ground for 13 years. So we've joined the business together, which is fantastic. Another close friend of mine who has another business or who had another business um, in the industry in London and in Dubai has now relocated to Dubai. So we're also coming into sort of partnership together as well, which is super exciting because this is the this is the growth for us now, right? So, and you you learn early days, no matter how good you are at what you do, no matter how good you are as a leader. And doing it alone is a lonely job. Yes. And it's not because you you don't feel that you can do it alone. It's just you can do things a lot better and quicker when you've got people around you. And I'll quote my friend, who's soon to be my business partner, who says his next venture, he's looking for meaningful work and meaningful relationships. I really love that because we can do anything that we want and with whoever we want. So when we choose to get into business with someone, it's because we have that meaningful relationship and because we're looking to do something. And Arc Talent's looking to do something different, quite unique to, to this region. It's more prominent in the sort of mature markets, but... We're going to break away from this sort of transactional sort of model that is 95% of the industry in this region. And we're, we're creating a completely different model, which is really starting to pick up for us at the moment. And we're talking with all the sort of bigger players in the startup ecosystem to be able to help them scale. And this, is, and, and this works for us. And this will happen for us, inshallah, here in, uh, in UAE, in Saudi, in Qatar. And then we'll look at, you know, um, a global presence with having potentially South Africa and and other places as well in the in the world where we could have hubs um, to be able to support businesses with their high growth. So that's that's obviously the arc part. And the other ventures, uh, I launched a, a freelancer platform to sort of really drive the gig economy here in the region two or three months ago. And I'm really excited about what this can become. Okay. This has been a project for like three or four years and just been waiting for this to happen. And COVID has really accelerated it for us because obviously the work from home and work remote has really been big and the new freelancer laws have become a lot more sort of um, lighter and, uh, and easier to be able to become a freelancer. And when I think of mature markets like the States and, and, and Europe, freelancers are a major part of that driving economy and we need to create that here. And there's a, there's a genuine gap for that, but there's a huge educational piece behind that before this actually starts to work because the mindset shift really needs to happen as a collective and it starts from the government and it filters through all to the multinational corporations and the, and the startup. But there's a genuine need from that and just that flicking the switch from OPEX to CAPEX yeah. is just huge for businesses here for their sustainability. 
and that's massive. And then obviously there's another one from my business partner and I that we're working on, which is super exciting, which is in the venture space. And uh, and that is that's got us really excited right now. We just finished the branding, and it's uh, it's it's looking amazing, and we're we're excited to sort of uh, make this happen over the next three six months, inshallah. Entrepreneurial mindset at its best. The theory of what makes a great leader may be very simple, and my objective is to inspire each and every one of you to take action. Implementing leadership principles from this show is feasible, but it's the discipline to put up with failed attempts and building steps day by day that separate managers from leaders. I'm Tarek Azmi. Thank you for listening. Here's Good News Podcast is a Here's Good News production. The show is recorded via Zoom with each individual from their preferred place of work. That's why occasionally you hear background noises and network interference. Production, editing, copywriting, music, sound design, audio editing and hosting all by me, Tariq Asmi. The key messages I share are scripted, the full-length interviews with my guests are not. Here's Good News is a company dedicated to your personal and professional growth through leadership workshops, mindset shift coaching, and personal training and nutrition. Please rate and review the show because feedback is critical and it helps others find the show. Visit heresgoodnews.com and subscribe to the newsletter to receive exclusive content. Take action and here's good news, you can make it.